Alrighty guys, trying some new things out here this week. Um, I just want to put this out there right now. I do not own any of that music that was just playing. Um, that was strictly off Spotify and the owner obviously is Tyler Childers. Um, great song, was the inspiration behind the name of this hunting channel and podcast, uh, Grindstone Adventures. Uh, welcome back to it. Um, I'm your host, Zach Fuhr. Um, no guest this week. Uh, scheduling conflicts, uh, which, you know, they're, they're going to happen. So this week you guys are lucky enough to get nothing but me. Um, honestly, that would probably mean it'll be a little bit shorter of a podcast. Um, but I do have some stuff I'm going to talk about. Um, mainly, I'm going to bring it back to the hunting side of things today. Um, go over break down a few of my favorite hunts in my memory um the one obviously is going to be my buck from last year and uh, basically going to tell the full story this time instead of the little snippets here and there on different episodes um and then you know go into my goals for what uh this show and the podcast to get to and uh, what i've learned from hunts and from other people um what my dream is um, what my goals are for this season, turkey hunting, whitetail hunting, um, and how I plan to accomplish those. Um, and then I'll say it now, and then I'll say it at the end of it, um, before I end, I close. Um, I believe I have five or six t-shirts between large and extra large left, uh, to sell. So if you want one of those, uh, they are $22.00. Um, they are the first uh, group of t-shirts I've had made uh, they will have the logo on them um, if you're on Spotify or you're on Apple or you're on YouTube watching the little clips or you follow the Instagram page I just created two weeks ago um, it will be that deer on the grindstone logo with the words the name next to it uh, grindstone adventures um, I do not have any of them in my possession yet. They are still being made. Um, so if you message me and you want one or you shoot me an email, um, which the email is grindstone.adventures at gmail.com, all lowercase. Uh, message me if you want one or you know shoot me some hate mail. It doesn't matter to me. Um, any type of mail is good mail to me for this. Uh, so if you want one, just shoot me an email, message me, whatever. Uh, you do not need to pay up front. Um, the way I would I want to do this is I'm gonna pay for the upfront costs that way whenever I have them you guys I'll message each person individually hey I got stuff in stock you send me your money bada boom bada bing I send you it it's to cut down the shipping time from the the, the thing you bought whether it was a hat which are sold out at the moment or a t-shirt it's to cut down the shipping time from me to you so that way you're not waiting on me to get them in from being made and then getting them out to you there's just a little bit shorter wait time after you send some money to me okay um, and that money is not going directly to me or my wallet so I can go you know go down to the bar or whatnot even though I'm not drinking that is money that will be flipped around and sent right back into the podcast the hunting channel cameras more t-shirts more hats um, anything to help grow the show so anything you send will be used for what it is meant to be used for. Um, so I'm not trying to just take people's money. Um, in fact, I'm not worried about making money off any of my hunting channel or the podcast. That That's not my goal here. Um, as I've stated in past episodes, my goal is to take everything I've learned, um, deer hunting, squirrel hunting, rabbit hunting, whatever the hunting out is, outdoor stuff, um, riding, uh, just hiking, whatever. Take all my knowledge, and pass it down because it is slowly being broken down to not the thing that parents are teaching their children and I think that that is a shame um, I think it's something that needs to be passed on so um, with that I'm gonna move into the first couple hunts of my memory and then I'll break each one down individually um, so I'm thinking of three off the top of my head um, Two of them being my only bow kills, uh, which are actually my only buck kills, and then my very first deer um, back in 2006. 
I don't even remember how old I was, um, but they're all unique hunts to me. Um, very cool hunts. I've killed many deer, um, mostly with muzzleloader and uh, revolver. Um, but now I'm into the bow hunting more, and that that's probably where I'll carry on through uh, going forward because uh, it, it's so much more fun, uh, more intimate, more ch more of a chess match, more of a you got to be on top of your game to get a big one. Um, and I'm hooked after last year, obviously. So we'll start in chronological order, I guess. So in 2006, don't remember how old I was. Um, a little PSA, I do have a diagnosis of arthritis, um, rheumatoid. It affects my knees, my hips, my back. Um, you know, arthritis is a joint disease. It, it attacks your joints and makes it hard to move when things aren't working right. So uh, just keep that in mind with this hunt. Um, so it's 2006, we're in Southern Ohio at our family's cabin. Me and my brother are out gun hunting. Uh, my dad's doing a drive to us. And there is a lesson in this to learn. Um, we're sitting, we're not seeing nothing. And uh, my dad's doing the drive. And all of a sudden we hear, bang, 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 bang. It's, it sounded like it's like 100, 200 yards below us. Um, we were on top of a ridge. So me and my brother got this bright idea and do not do this ever. If you're a hunter or you're a first time hunter, do not do this ever, no matter the circumstances, um, unless you're a trained professional or you're wearing a kit and you're over in a battle zone. This is the only time you probably ever do this. But uh, we heard the gunshots go off, and me and my brother got the bright idea. We're going to run down there and see if Dad got it. I mean, we're wearing orange and stuff, but uh, it, it's thick down there. It's a little bit of pasture field, and then it's mainly all thicket. So... It was definitely a bad idea, but we did it anyways. Uh, we ran down through the woods. We came crashing up with my dad. We weren't trying to be quiet. We weren't trying to miss sticks or anything. We were running. Um, I don't remember what gun my brother was carrying. Probably a 12-gauge. I was carrying a 20-gauge single-shot uh, break open. Um, we get down there. My dad, you know, he sees us running and stuff. And, he, you know, he, he broke the lesson into us right there. He's like, don't you ever run towards gunshots during gun season ever again. You don't know who it is or they don't know what you are coming towards them. They could get ready to shoot you or something like that. So don't ever do that. We learned that lesson right there on the spot. Um, my dad had shot at a couple does. Um, the one he had clipped in the spine and they dropped. It was still alive. He had gotten it calmed down. Um it was bad when we got up to it and he had gotten it calmed down he was petting it and uh, he said he had gotten another one and he had found its blood and we needed to finish this one off put it out of its misery and then hike back up to the cabin while he went after the other doe and we need to tell our grandparents and our uncle um, to get four-wheeler or the truck whichever would be easiest so we're sitting there petting this deer and my dad at the time, didn't know how long I was going to be actually able to hunt because of my arthritis. So, instead of handing my brother the gun, which was a 357 Magnum revolver, I uh, love that gun to death. I've actually killed up more deer with it since this or since that happened. Um, he hands me the gun. I finished the deer off. It was my first deer ever. You know that for, that that experience will live with me for the rest of my life. My dad's got a Polaroid. I don't know if it's at the house or if it's at the cabin I, I just know I've seen it and it's Mark Zach's first deer 2006 and it's my deer hanging from a tree and I'm just a like a four foot nothing mini version of myself now uh, it, it was the great, greatest feeling in the world uh, first time I ever dragging a deer out first time I ever my dad kind of he gutted it but as he was gutting it he was you know uh, as a young kid and your dad's gutting it your, your job is to hold the legs open um, so I was holding legs open. He's going real slow, pointing things out to me and my brother. So we're learning how to gut the deer, uh, what what this is, what that is. Um, to this day, I could tell you, you'd put me in an anatomy class in a school or something like that. Give me a book, I'm going to fail that class. You put a deer in front of me, and I'm going to tell an anatomy student what everything is, and they're not going to know what the fuck they're looking at, more than likely. Um, but that that's just, you know, I've learned through doing, not through looking at a book. 
Um, so I, I've learned how to do that. Now I can gut pigs, cows, deer, whatever, um, and pretty much know all the anatomy of it as it goes. And I can butcher and tell you what different cuts are and stuff from my family's butchering. Um, we butcher hogs and cows and deer. Um, so that that was, man, that's a tough one to say. That, that, that or my buck are my favorite deer hunts. That one was awesome because, I mean, I got to hunt with my dad and my brother. Um, and my dad and me got to share that experience. That, that was a really cool hunt. Um, that will always live in my, my brain. Uh, I hope to have children one day and relive that through them and their first year. So, um, so that was the first hunt. Um, it was pretty quick. I mean, I've had a lot of brain injuries since then, so it, there's probably details I can't remember, but I remember the main pieces. Um, so, uh, the second deer uh it was a it was my first buck it was a about a year and a half two year old seven point um my sister's friend had given us permission to hunt her property um when we were in high school in my first couple years of college i believe i was a sophomore in college um i was home on thanksgiving break it was three day yeah it was no it was junior year junior year because it was 2017 uh, it was right before thanksgiving and it was five days before my shoulder surgery. <clears throat> I had to have a labrum repair and a posterior on my right shoulder. So I'm out there, I can't pull a bow back because the pain was too incredibly much for that and I didn't have a new bow. Um, but I had been practicing with a crossbow and it, I was pretty good with it. So I, I woke up. Uh, I thought I was running late, got in the truck, drove out to the property. I was like, well, I know there's a stand down in here just across the pipeline. I'll go down there and sit this morning, go home, eat lunch if I ain't got nothing yet, and then I'll drop in a little deeper into the woods and sit on a timber patch. You know, it, it's about the rut, pre-rut area, I think it was at the time. Um, it seems like the rut's coming a little earlier every year or a little later every year. It's it's not like on a time scale. Um, like I'd like to be so I can pattern things a little easier, but that, that's the fun of the hunting. So I drop in, cross pipeline, get in this stand. I'm maybe 200 yards downhill from my truck, and it, it's a heck of a downhill to the, tr the stand. So I'm sitting there, starts to snow a little bit, and... It was, I believe it was really, really cold. I mean, it was snowing, but it, it was cold. And I was wearing FR clothing underneath my camo to try and stay warm on top of thermals. Um, didn't really have my winter stuff on yet. And I'm sitting there for like maybe 15 minutes and I start hearing things walking. I'm like, I, I'm looking over my right shoulder towards the pipeline. I'm thinking it's gonna be coming up that pipeline, drop into the woods. Being that early, I'm thinking they're going to bed. And so I'm over my right shoulder looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I hear a twig snap on my left side. So I, I was still green. I snapped my head around fast. And this little two-year-old buck, he's just coming up this trail from my left about, he'll be 20 yards in front of me if he keeps going. So I, I kind of slowly raised the bow waited for him to get closer um, this bow is an old Horton uh, it has a dial for your range and a peep sight to a crosshair at the end of the bow so it, it's not like a real fancy rig up and I don't hunt with this bow anymore because it, it's awful loud nowadays um, so I'm getting this thing ready didn't check the dial and I had I believe I had set at 20 and uh, this deer was right around 30 and uh, no it was opposite it, he was right around 20 yards I had dial set for 30 because uh, I shot over his back the first time I pulled up squeezed around or, or squeezed trigger arrow flies over his back buck doesn't know I'm there he skedaddles to my right 20 yards from where he was standing he's still about 20 yards he was like he was doing a half circle around me um, so he skedaddles to my right a little bit I do the best I can to stand up and stand to try and recock the bow and at this point I lose sight of where he's at I get another arrow in it as fast as I can and I'm looking I'm looking I remember vaguely 
looking. I'm like, what? I say it out loud. I was like, where the hell did this thing got? Where did he go? And at that point, he like moves his head. So I see, I catch his whole body again. I was like, oh, okay. I put the boat on my shoulder. I'm looking at him. He's about to bolt. I know he's about to bolt. I can see it in his body language. He's looking straight at me. I squeeze the trigger. And this time the dial was cracked. I moved it down to where it was supposed to be. And all of a sudden he just drops. I was like, oh, no kidding. What the heck? That's an awesome shot. <laughs> Thinking I'm all proud of myself. I made a great shot straight through the shoulder, hit the heart, and he had nowhere to go. Um, first bow kill ever, so I'm thinking I'm a big hot shot. Little did I know, I did not make a very good shot on him. It, it killed him instantly, but it wasn't a good shot by any means. Um, so I, I get down on a stand, I walk up on him. He, he was dead before I got to him. I had shot him in the throat right through the jugular, so he bled out fairly fast. And like I said, it was only like a 20 yard walk. And he was dead within that amount of time for me to climb down and get over there. I get up to him and stuff. And so I guess the lesson takeaway from this hunt for me was I need to be patient and smooth through my shots. And since then, I have <laughs> come into a rangefinder, So I'm not guessing distances anymore. So I don't shoot over deer's back. But I need to be smooth and because smooth is fast and or whatever the saying is, I'm sure people have heard it before, but I need to be more smooth with my shots. Um, since I've started shooting compound, I've worked, I've worked religiously on being smooth. So my draw is smooth, my hold on the target is smooth, and when I release that arrow, it, it, it's all one fluid motion. Um, I'm not very good at rolling the bow forward and stuff like that, but I've gotten it down to a muscle memory that I'm comfortable with and I hit consistently with where I want to hit. So uh, I've worked on that lesson pretty good. But uh, after I killed that buck, my dad's at work, my brother's at work, no one's around to help, all my buddies at work, I'm home from school on Thanksgiving break. So I drug that deer 200 y yards uphill and threw him in a bed of a pickup truck by myself and the saying goes, I was in really good shape at that time. Like I was working out, lifting three, four times a week, running for track. Uh, I was in great shape. And as the saying goes, you never know how good a shape you are until you have to drag a deer. And then you realize how out of shape you are. I was dying dragging that sucker up the hill. And he wasn't even that big. Um, like I say, he was only two years old. And it was probably right around the rut. So he had obviously shed some pounds. So I, I don't real I don't want to give myself too much credit because I was dying. I was huffing and puffing. I was feeling every drop of alcohol I'd been drinking in college. Every day I'd skip working out or I'd went too easy in the workout. I was feeling it all. Um, but I got him in the truck and you know got him loaded up, took home, skin gutted, stuff like that. I did not get him mounted. Um, I. I'm not a big believer in the mounts and stuff. They look cool. I love my new Bucks mount, but I, I don't justify the money in it. Um, that's an awesome business for people who ever do it, but that's just not something you know I want to take up my wall with. I I think European mounts are just as good. So I, I scald them out, boiled the head down, and I've got the head weight. I just need to get a get them on a plaque and I can put them on a wall. Um, right now he's just sitting up in the shed uh, collecting dust, unfortunately, but that, that that hunt will always live with me because it was my first bow kill and my first buck kill ever. Um, little seven point, but I couldn't have been happier with him. Uh, it, it was just an awesome experience. My first solo hunt really by myself ever, and I, I smoked a buck, so it was a cool experience. Uh, one I'll never forget. Um, and then there's details on that one I probably don't well actually no because that was a I was in and out of the woods inside of 45 minutes with the kill so not counting drag time but I, I was in and out that morning it was awesome not how every hunt ever goes but how every hunt or every hunt every hunter wishes will go um, so with my last buck kill obviously um, unofficially scored 149.78 so just under the Ohio Big Buck Club even though it was with a crossbow um, couldn't be happier with that buck I don't care what the I don't care how big he was 
Um, he was a mature buck and he was he was the bully of the farm. So, um, <clears throat> I had been doing all kinds of scouting since I graduated college on my buddy's farm um, from my hometown area. Had cameras out every year. I was out a couple times every year. It was hard for me to hunt for a while because I was either on midnights or I was on afternoon shift. Um, and it was a 45 minute to and from work. So I was never really getting a whole lot of time to hunt while I was working in the factory. Uh, I took the job I have now and I finally got time to be out in the woods at perfect times and stuff like that. Um, so I've been doing all this homework for two plus years since I gotten out of college. Even though I wasn't been able to hunt a lot, I was able to put the work in and you know scout and get cameras up, get get some footage of them um, from the cameras. And with this new job, I was able to go down before the season opened every night almost. I would drive down there regularly around oh, probably 5:30 to 6:30. Just drive down with binos past their property. It, uh, the road splits it and they got hay fields on one side hay fields on another and I would just roll down the road real slow with binos and when I'd see deer in the field I'd just stop off the side of the road pull up the binos and you know glass of deer for a little bit and see which ones were out there check time um, sit and watch see where they went which trails they would exit field with um, I, would, I would never really get there early enough to see which ones they'd come out of um, but I figured if I could figure out where they were leaving through, I'd be able to sit on that and get a shot on something. And there's this big buck that I'd been seeing three, four times a week in a summer pattern, just coming out and working the edge of the field. He wouldn't get real far out into it, just working the edge of the field. And I had made a, uh, or I'd found a decent looking scrape the year before that I had stuck a camera on and I'd taken some Black Widow deer lure um, branch butter and put on that branch and everything in a 10 mile radius it seemed like was just lighting up that scrape. Um, they'd even put a rub in real close to it and it was cool footage. I got tons and tons of camera pictures of does and bucks. I got a half rack that was on that, that scrape regularly. He was only about a year old. Um, I haven't seen any footage because I moved my camera down the field line so I don't know if he's still in that area or not um, but so I've been doing the homework in that field seeing which deer were in there um, and getting a kind of a pattern on them this year I had been in contact with the my buddy who his mom owns the farm and I've been telling him I was like man get your license I'll get you on a deer um, there's a nice buck in this property I the, my original plan was to get him on this buck and see if I couldn't get him his first buck because it's his mom's property his property I wanted to help him get a deer a good deer um, that, that's going to be my goal this year too is try and get him on something good um, but it, it's all going to depend on him and his work schedule and if he wants to go out and sit so but I told him I said alright we're going to go out I went out open in more in, I believe it was September 25th sat in a stand I call the doe stand uh, I don't get many pictures of anything but does in that area I was like alright I'll, I'll smoke a doe and then give up, get another tag and I'll try and get another doe and if I don't I'll just hold on to it and hit a buck if I can so I'm, I, I thought I got a doe and I the angle was too steep and I gave her a haircut off her belly um, chased her around for Hours. I gave her three hours to sit thinking I'd made a good shot. I had the actual whole shot on film. It was the first thing I'd ever recorded me shooting at an animal on. And after reviewing the footage, after tra tracking her all night, basically, and then waking up the next morning and looking at the footage, it was easy to tell I did not do any damage to her. I just gave her a, a paper cut with some hair that came off. Um, so she lives to see another day. Uh, but didn't get anything and then a few weeks or a week or two go by and I told my buddy that's Saturday coming up I said all right I'll be at your mom's house at I think I told him like 
5.45 or something like that. I don't remember what time the sun came up that day. And so we're going to go up on the pipeline where I have a morning stand sit. We're going to sit on the ground. I'm going to sit a couple trees away from you. They come through this area every morning. Um, I had it patterned pretty good. Um, the wind was right. It was nice, cool, crisp morning. Uh, we run a little bit late. Um, he he had to talk with his mom for a little bit and then we get up there and it's a heck of a hike up the pipeline to get there it takes about 30 minutes to hike up the pipeline and when you're at the top look down at the car at the bottom of the road at the bottom of the hill it looks like a toy car um, but before I get to the top of the hill I asked him for, if he uh, had something that I told him to bring up the hill and it, my fault I didn't check before he walked up the hill he didn't have it so I walked back down the hill to grab it and then walked back up so we ate some time up there we get into the woods and we're walking slowly quietly trying not to disturb too much it's still too dark for me to see really anything uh, he's following my lead because he he doesn't know what to look for or what to listen for or anything he's got the bow I didn't even bring a crossbow or compound at this point I would just I had to call bag and camera equipment that's all I had and we got maybe 75 in New York 75 yards into the woods and the deer were ahead of what I figured they would be they spotted us spooked out for the day and I said all right uh, we're, we're gonna back out I said I don't want to ruin the spot we'll, we'll give it a shot another morning I said they'll be back we're just gonna back out. We ain't gonna pressure this. I said, stay put for a second. I'm gonna sneak up to my camera, pull the card, check it, and we'll we'll get out of here. Pulled the card, got out. Um, ended up getting up to like 75, 80 degrees that day. Um, and I told my buddy I would help him bail hay later that afternoon. So we go bail hay. Didn't think much of it. I had a good couple pictures of a monster eight point up there on that hill um, not real wide but incredibly tall with a lot of mass um, haven't got any pictures of them since but we'll see what I get this year and so I go bail hay get it was exhausting we built hay for hours you know that kind of work is um, but it's rewarding so then I take a shower I was like you know what before I go back up to my buddies to you know eat he said he'd cook me some dinner since I helped him out and his dad said he'd pay me, but I was like, I'm gonna go down and check the fields again. So I cruised down the road to the farm and I pulled the binos and I look and that monster buck is out in that one field again by the road. I'm like, man, he, I should have had my buddy out here. I should have told him this evening we'd go sit again and I didn't and that was on me. And he's like, no worries, man. Or it was a Sunday this all went down. It was a Sunday. Um, Cause the next day I had to be at work. It was October, October 2nd yeah October 2nd uh, 2021 so I go down there I see that buck go back home I'm texting him's like my my bad my bad man I, I should have had you out here we would have been on him he's like no worries man I'm at, I'm working right now on my truck so no big deal so the next day I go or next morning I go to work come home or no that was a Saturday yeah that was a Saturday so next day I get up, do my stuff on Sunday morning. That evening, it's rainy, it's dreary, it's still pretty warm. Um, mosquitoes are out heavy, so I threw a, some light clothing on, uh, threw on a leaf suit and a mask, and I went and sat where that buck was. And I was like, I'll, I'll see if I can't get shot on him. Uh, don't really got a good stand in the area. Brought a little seat with me to sit on the ground. Nothing's really happening. It's raining a little bit. It's starting to get harder. I'm starting to worry about my camera equipment. Uh, I look off to my left, cross property line on neighbor's field that butts up to it. And I see a mom and a, a baby coming, working their way slowly towards me. So I'm thinking I'm going to get mama dough for dinner tonight. And I'm watching them, watching them, watching them. Probably a half hour, 45 minutes go by, and I hear a splash in the creek behind me off to my right. So I turn around and look. I got no way of getting the camera over there, no way of getting my bow up or anything to that, and I see him. 
he's monstrous for what I've ever seen in person. Just a big old brute of an eight point. And he's 40 yards away in the creek, just working a branch, slowly meandering his way towards me. So I'm like following him with my head, moving slowly. He gets 20 yards broadside behind me. Clear shot if I would have had an opportunity to get the bow around. I probably would have got him right there. Um, Wind's in my favor, blowing out towards the field from my back to my face. So eventually mama and baby would have smelled me anyways, um, probably. Um, So he gets behind me, and I've twisted my back up to look right. So far, I can't go anymore. Uh, I made the mistake to try and spin slowly to my left to try and get him on my left shoulder to see him and he catches my movement. He doesn't know what I am because I, I was sitting up against a tree. And he, he's stomping his feet and I can hear him. I can't see him anymore because um, as soon as he stopped his feet, I stopped and I froze. He's stomping his feet, blows and takes off up the hill behind me. I'm pissed. And I look out in the field, mom and baby are gone. I'm now heated. I let everything cool down for about 20 minutes, packed up my stuff and I was out. I was so mad. I'm thinking that big deer's gone. He's too smart. He's not coming back to that area. And so I told my dad that, and he's like, yeah, that's the way it goes. You know, you, you live to see him again another day. I'm like, well, I ain't going to see him till next season now. So I go to work Monday morning. Come home from work, 4.30, 5 o'clock, something like that. I get back in Carrollton. And I'm like, I don't, I don't think I'm going to sit, Dad. Uh, it he ain't going to be there. My dad's like, just go sit. You never know what's going to happen. And I'm glad I did. Um, so I go down there. It's still about 75, 80 degrees. I, I sit in the stand, not seeing nothing. Got the camera set up on my phone playing games. And about 6 o'clock rolls around. And the farmer that has the property next to him, he comes out in his field and he's spreading shit six o'clock I'm like fuck alright well nothing's coming out now uh, because he could see my car and I don't think he likes that I hunt next to his property uh, so he's spreading shit and I'm getting discouraged um, like man this sucks and then a fog bank starts rolling I'm like oh great here goes camera light I ain't gonna be able to see anything in about 20 minutes out in the field anything underneath me I could still see but the fog's gonna take away any camera light I had and it did I look off to the right over by where my car's parked and I see a doe. I'm like, I'm in the wrong stand because I had thrown up a stand on that corner of the field preseason. I'm like, damn it, I ain't gonna see nothing. I'm in the wrong stand. I'm like, man, this sucks. So I'm watching that doe, the fog bank engulfs her. I can't see her no more. She's about 300 yards away. So I reach up, I'm starting to take camera equipment down and I hear a splash behind me and a crick to my left. I was like, no way, it is not, it can't be. So I put the phone in my chest pocket, and I look off to my left, no shit, it's him, he's coming a different direction. No idea I'm there, wind's good in my favor again, and that must have been my saving grace the night before, is he didn't know what I was because the wind was in my favor. So I get the bow ready, camera light's gone because of the fog bank. Um, I do have an IR light on that camera, so I could have filmed it, but at that point, then I might be have ODNR on me looking, trying to get me for something or shooting outside of light, which I was clearly in light. Um, it got dark about 7.15, 7.30. So it's like 6, 6.45-ish right now at this point. He works his way. I'm following him with the bow on my left shoulder. He does the same thing he did the night before. He twists me up to where I can't go any further. So I spin... I'm about 30 feet up from him in a tree stand. I spin, I smack a tree branch over top of me in front with my back completely facing him. I freeze, he didn't even hear it, didn't notice it. So I then get the bow over top of another limb, waiting. He's about to walk up the trail right directly next to the ladder of the stand. He shows himself and this lesson is to also be smooth and be sure of my target. I I was so amped up because I worked his way right to where I needed him to be and I just seen Brown in the scope of the crossbow, pulled the trigger. And I hit him in the spine, dropped him. I'm freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I just got the biggest deer in my life, yada yada. 
uh, hanging a bow up, and I about jumped up the tree stand, which probably would have broke my leg. Climbed down, um, the stand was not safe at all. Platform does not connect to the ladder once you put weight on the ladder. Uh, whoever put it up did not do a very good job of that, and it's not safe, and I did not have a harness on. Um, so I climbed down, I get up on him, I'm reaching for my knife, and I'm like, where's my knife? I ain't got it, so I gotta climb back up the ladder. Grab the bow, come back down, I'm like, all right. He's laying head in the water upstream, and if I leave him there, he's gonna drown, he's gonna suffer. So I recock the bow, throw another arrow in it, I'm like, all right, he's spun around at this point, trying to get away. I got a good shot right that I think I can sneak an arrow right underneath his shoulder blade straight to his heart. I'm like, all right. And of course, as soon as I squeeze the trigger, he flinches and starts to spin a little bit and hits the top of his shoulder blade just inside of his skin and just pins it there. Did really no damage to him at all, but probably pissed him off. So I'm pissed now. I recock the bow. I walk up within three feet of him. And he's looking at me, and I pull the trigger, and I send one right through his neck, through his pump house. He's done. So at that point, he's dead. I set the bow down, drag him up out the water, um, get up on top of the bank, get some service, call my dad. I said, I got him. I got him, Dad. He's like, are you kidding me? I said, no, I, he's dead. I'm holding his horns right now. And my dad's like, all right, I'll grab the truck. Come on down, because I was driving Chevy and Pal at the time. He gets down there. I called my buddy, sent pictures to all kinds of people. I was freaking out, you know, wigging out like a kid on Christmas. Biggest deer I've ever seen, and I killed it. So my buddy, Maple, shows up a little bit after my dad. He's already drinking. And my dad and me and Maple were there. Me and Maple drag him out to the field and stuff. And I told my dad not to drive the truck through the field because I didn't know if we had permission to. Um, I had yet to get a hold of the property owner. So then at this point, I shoot her a text, let her know I got one. And she hadn't responded yet. My buddy Trenton shows up and he's already got a deer, in the, a baby deer in the bed of his truck. I'm like, what the hell did you do that? And he's like, I left my driveway as soon as you got, we got off the phone. You told me you got him and come help you. And I, this thing didn't get out of the road. So I smacked it with a 70s Ford F-250 at 40 mile an hour. So it, it, it died fairly quick. So he threw it in the bed of his truck. And he, he come and we got the deer in the bed of the truck after we took pictures and I took a video of it. We take it up to the property owner's house. My buddy's dad who shoots big deer all the time. He shows up on a side-by-side -side with a buddy of his he takes fishing. He's just drooling and happy for me and it's one of the greatest feelings in the world. I'm sitting there on cloud nine just my buddy had handed me a beer. I'm just sitting there on the bed of his truck drinking a beer looking at this thing talking to the property owners and they're giddy. They're happy for me because they knew how hard I've worked and put in effort trying to get deer off their property and stuff. Uh, it, it was the greatest feeling I've ever had deer hunting um, over top the other two stories. And we go back and, you know, it's 70 degrees, so I can't let them hang like I want to. I got to get them quartered and get them on ice right now. And I had homework to do. That was due at 2 a.m. So I ended up being up real late the next day and going to work and struggling through work to stay awake. But it was a great feeling. Um, it, it's the one on my Instagram. He's uh, on my TikTok. It's on my personal Instagram. Uh, I don't believe it's on YouTube at all. Um, if you haven't gotten a look at that deer, go go give it a look, man. It, he's a pig, and I couldn't be happier with him. And a week later, after he's dead, I checked the camera, and there's a bigger deer out there. So I was like, well, that deer had never been on camera, so I must have shot the bully. And I'm completely fine with that. And that gave me, hopefully, if I get that other deer on camera again this off season, right before the season starts, I can get after him, try and shoot him with a bow this year, uh, try and get my first compound kill. But that was, excuse me, that was the greatest feeling in the world. I've, that was what hooked me on bow hunting. Um, I regret that I couldn't get it on film, but I shot him at like 6.45, 6.50. Um, so it was right before the end of shooting light, and it was awesome. Um, so yeah, those are the three stories. I guess we might reach an hour. Um, those are the three stories. I've told you about the lessons I've learned from them. Um, so, um, my goals for this hunting show and this podcast are to, um, you know, grow it as big as I can. I'm not a trophy shamer. Uh, I, I want to travel and hunt. Um, 
I want to get people included in this, uh, but I will do it on my own if I have to. But I'm networking the best I can. I'm, I I just want to get as big as I can to spread the awareness of how awesome deer hunting is, how relaxing it is, how peaceful it can calm your soul. You got internal problems going on. It gives you places, gives you a place to sit and think through everything. Um, there's nothing like it. Um, so that that's my goal. That's my dream is to get big off it. I want to be at least semi-professional doing this in three years. Um, the only reason that I'm not saying completely professional is because I have some professional goals with teaching and coaching I want to get into within this next year and stuff I want to get after pretty good because history and uh, track and field and football are loves of mine that I really want to take care of too. Um, so my goals for this season are pretty hefty goals. Um, I want to get after that 12 point that showed up after I killed my buck. Um, I want to get him on the ground with a bow. I want to get my buddy a deer with a bow or a gun. It don't matter. I want to get him one. Um, I want. I'm going to get a Pennsylvania tag, a Michigan tag probably, and an Ohio tag obviously. Um, I want to get a turkey on the ground. I want to get some hunts filmed in different areas, different states. Um, I want to get, you know, some of the crew off Grindstone Adventures. I want to get them on. I want to get them on the page and get them on the YouTube, get their hunts filmed out there and, you know, spread out our stuff and stuff like that. So the ways I plan to accomplish this are just like, you know, keep keep using all the tools I've been using. Um, I've learned a lot from them. Uh, I got Onyx. It, it, you, you, can't, you can't stress enough the use of Onyx. It gives you property lines, tells you cricks, topograph, topographically. It's crazy good. Um, deer cast, um, it'll help you if you make a shot, give you estimate wait time and stuff like that. And this one is a big one. Um, I couldn't remember the name of the guy who created it. Um, he actually did not create it. He ended up buying it off the creator years ago. Um, and he is leader of Team 200. His name's Adam Hayes and he has this app called Moon Guide. It gives you red moon phases. Um, that thing is crazy important to me. It, it is spot on every time it's told me to be in the stand that I've been in the stand, I've had all kinds of deer activity. It never misses. Um, I'm gonna keep watching Whitetail Edge. His show has taught me numerous things that I've used and I put to use last year and got that deer. Um, I, ben Rising is one of the greatest whitetail hunters on TV, in my opinion. Uh, he, he shoots big deer. He understands how to get after him and what tricks to use and stuff like that. And he he doesn't shy away from it. He, he tells you what he does in his shows. Um, and he has all kinds of different states, but he tells you what he does, what he uses, and how he does it. And if you pay attention to all that, you can get on a big deer. I guarantee it. Uh, obviously, you need to have property and or get a hold of property, but it, it's incredible the amount of information he just gives out, and that that's awesome to me. Um, I'm going to keep listening to the working class bow hunters. They give out all kinds of great information. They talk to the Drury's um, from the creator, the Drury brothers are the creators of uh, DeerCast. There's all kinds of great information to take away and use in the field and get after big deer also. Um, Breaking Point TV, um, I just met them a couple weeks ago. Their show is re really, really well set up. Um, I'm learning things from their show right now. They're doing turkey season right now, so I'm learning stuff from them and that. Um, I use phase scent systems, or it might be called illusion system. I'm not really sure of the name, but it's phase um, that I use. And I use it in a tree stand after I get in. And I've hiked in, got everything set up. It, it covers my scent, the sweaty stuff on me. It covers it all. It, it's great. I've had deer right under me. I didn't even know I was there. Uh, my buck didn't know I was there. Uh, the black rack and extinguisher call, we're going to see how those go this year. Um, I've never been real good at calling, so I'm going to really try and get into that and call this year. Um, but those are phenomenal tools. Uh, G5 broadheads this year. I'm using Mega Meats last year. I used Dead, uh, dead Meats. I'll never go back to another broadhead. Those things are fucking nuts. The cuts they put in them deer, it it's lethal. If it makes any contact, 
contact anywhere near the vitals, it's a dead deer. Just a matter of how long you gotta wait. But it will kill a deer every time. Um, I'm very pleased with the performance I've gotten out of those. Um, so the, that stuff's all really awesome. Those are some of the tools and tactics and stuff I'll be using. Um, I'm gonna learn, teach myself and learn from working class bow hunters and YouTube use how to use the thermals I've learned how to use the wind and if you don't know how to hunt or you've never really gotten into it and you're starting out now the first thing you need to learn is over what camo you want to use whatnot learn to hunt the wind if the wind is not in your favor for the stand you want to use get out of it don't use it don't even get in that area plan for a different stand have a backup plan um, it, it's depressing and you know it, it sucks sometimes when you got this great plan to get after this deer and you get to the, the property and the wind's just completely wrong it, it sucks but be patient with that stuff you got to play the wind in your favor as best as you can otherwise it will bust you 95% of the time no scent system is going to cover your scent completely deer just got too good of noses um, you got to do what you can to cover it but you got to play the wind in your favor to help maximize the scent control um, so do what you got to do you know do your scouting do your early season stuff get your your setups done um, practice 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 shooting your bow get comfortable with it if you're a gun hunter practice shooting your butt your gun get good on a range know how far your deer is and make ethical shots um, so um, if anybody's interested in hunting out of state and they don't know if they can afford it um, Ohio for an out-of-state deer and turkey tag with a license included is $300 for a non-resident um, a little bit pricey for what I'm used to since I was an Ohio resident for the longest time um, it's not that bad actually Michigan is a hundred and seventy dollars I believe for a turkey and a deer tag um, PA has the greatest deal I found so far um, it's a hundred dollars basically you get two turkey tags spring and fall you get an antler tag for whitetail hunting and you get unlimited for that year um, that your license is good for all small game privileges awesome um, so I'll be getting those three tags more than likely, those three licenses this year, and I'll be traveling, putting some miles on the truck, um, and hopefully I can get a couple deer down this year. Um, hopefully one day I can get into Kentucky and hunt and get a velvet buck down. That would be cool. That would probably be another one. I'm actually get a, a mount from it. Um, the only other way I'm going to get a mount is if it's bigger or it's unique than the one I've already shot. So other than that, there'll be European mounts. Um, but uh, yeah, just don't underestimate how relaxing, how calming hunting can be. It's stressful, it's a lot of work, but it can also be the best stress relief therapy you've ever had. Um, if you've never done it, give it a try. Um, and you know, I say it as much as I can on episodes. This stuff doesn't happen without you guys. I'm doing it for free right now, and I hope to continue to do it free forever. Um, my goal is not to make money off of any of this it, it, it's really not it, that's not why I deer hunt that's not what got me into it I want to deer hunt for my own pleasure and I want to pass down why it's so fulfilling for me down to other people so that that's my goal um, go get a shot man I mean if you don't know hit me up I'll give you as much help as I can hell I'll see if I can't get you in a stand next to me and see if I can't get you a deer uh, I got no qualms with that that doesn't bother me that actually makes me more excited to get in the woods um, I'm a horrible shed hunter so if you're asking me for shed hunting tips you're barking up the wrong tree I've never found one before but I do go and look as best I can and I recommend you do even if you're bad like I am at it because it will give you uh, tips on where the deer were at the end of the year where they're traveling now and stuff like that you'll find rubs scrapes and stuff like that you didn't know were there it it's a good piece of information to have um, like I said earlier uh, t-shirts if you want one hit me up 
their large is an extra large right now. The next orders I make for hats and t-shirts will be more specialized. Uh, more hats will be ordered. T-shirts will be specific size ordered. Um, so just hit me up for them. They're $22. And as long as the prices that I pay for them don't change too much, the prices I tell you guys won't change at all. Hats hopefully will stay right around $25. Shirts, $22. Um, but uh, yeah, get a hold of me for them. Um, eventually, pro staff for me, I call them pro staff, but it's they're not pro. Um, just the team members of Grindstone. They'll eventually have t-shirts and hats. Um, if I can do it for free, I will. So, you know, it, it it's a passion of mine. I'm always busy. I'm doing grad school right now to be a teacher. I'm working full-time as a radiographer assistant. And... I'm doing this hunting stuff. So my plate's constantly full, but my phone's always on me. If you ever have questions, you need to talk to someone, hit me up, man. I'll be more and willing to happy sit down and talk hunting or whatnot for hours. It don't bother me. Um, in fact, I enjoy talking about it. So with that, um, I'm not going to pull up my phone and try and do another Tyler Ch Childers Grandstone song. Uh, excuse me, clip. Um, but... Uh, I am working on music for this. I just need to get in contact with my guy that's going to be doing it. Uh, he was actually on podcast, uh, Kane Connolly. He's going to be doing that. So, but uh, hopefully, I get some uh, turkey footage here on YouTube soon. But uh, yeah, with that, you know, go out and live your life, have fun, do what you're going to do. It's, the weather's starting to get nicer. You know, get out there, enjoy time with your family, go play with some dogs. Uh, Go ride four-wheelers, dirt bikes, be safe. Uh, just go do what you love to do. Have fun with it, man. I mean, don't be working that endless cycle to get to Friday just to have fun and then drag through Monday until Friday again. Go enjoy what you're doing, man. Uh, it, it'll change your life. So with that, I'm your host of Grindstone Adventures, Zach Fear. Um, I love you guys. I appreciate all your support. Um, I, I'm sorry we didn't do the Q&A like I thought we were going to uh, that I advertised earlier this week didn't get any interaction with that um, wasn't real surprised I didn't but I'll keep working on it try and get more interaction with it later um, but uh, look forward to more episodes coming soon Breaking Point had to go to go do some of their job this week um, they're actually I believe in Nebraska hunting turkey right now throughout this week so um I'll, I'll be working on trying to get him on here soon. Um, I got a guy I know that has a black bear hunting story. I'm going to try and get on here. Um, I want to do like a camping survivalist story or talk on here. So, yeah, I mean, any suggestions, like always, any suggestions you got, you want to throw them at me, throw them at me, man. Uh, with that, go live your life, have fun. And this is Zach Fear, Grindstone Adventures, and I'm out.